going to ask Brother in Christ, Ryan Malone, now to come representing the young people, and he's going to read to us from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to the end. Thank you, Ryan. Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. And he said, A certain man with two, had two sons, and the younger of them said to the father, Father, give the portion of the goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son so gathered all together and took his journey into the far country, and there wasted his substance on riotous living. And when he spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself a citizen to that country, and sent him to the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man give unto him. And when he came, when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have enough have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no longer worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hard servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no longer worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servants, Bring forth, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring in his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to be merry now his elder son was in the fields and came in the due night to the house he heard music and dancing and he called one of his servants one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in therefore. Come his father out, and entreated him. And he answered and said unto his father, Though these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gives me as much as a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as the, as soon as thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf, and said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for thy brother was dead, and is alive again, and was lost, and is found. It's the end of the reading. Thank you. Now, my text today is found in one of the well-known parables that was told by the Lord Jesus. And that parable is the parable of the prodigal son. We could rightly call it the peril 
of all parables. And I believe, of course, it's one of the most wonderful stories that was ever told from the lips of Christ and was recorded for us in the Bible. Now, if you look carefully, young people, boys and girls, at Luke chapter 15 that Ryan read for us, you'll discover my text. In fact, it's written three times. Listen to these words, Luke 15 and verse 23. And bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. Verse 27, And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And verse 30, Because as soon as this thy son was come, which have devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. Now, I brought a visitor with me this morning. Would you like to see him? Would you really like to see him? Right, okay, where do we see if you come out of this bag? Come on, fella, hold on. Oh, this is Colin the calf. You remember Colin? And Colin has brought along his mummy. And also the auntie. Now, I want you to think of this because I'm fascinated with Bible words. And I discovered, young people, boys and girls, that the Bible mentions the word calf 30 times. And I'm particularly interested in how many times the Holy Ghost uses one particular word. Because the Bible tells us that every word of God is pure. And the Bible tells us man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Should you imagine this? So if somebody asks you, how many times is the word calf in the Bible? 30 times. How many? 30 times. And the first reference is Genesis chapter 18, verses 7 and 8, uh, where Abraham was telling his servant to go and get a calf that was tender and good and kill it and dress it for visitors that come to his tent. And the last reference is Revelation chapter 4 and verse 7, where John describes a beast with the face of a calf, just like Colin. Now, I want you to think of this. In between those two references, Genesis 18, verses 7 and 8, Revelation 4 and 7, there's 28 other references to the word calf. But in Luke 15, in the story of the parable son, the prodigal son, the Lord Jesus mentioned three times the fatted calf. Not just a calf, but the fatted calf. Now that got me thinking, because we've been doing a wee series, remember, on uh, the gospel in the farmyard. And I was thinking to myself as I read the words, the fatted calf, what lessons could we learn about the fatted calf? And I come up with three, and I want to share them. All right? Now here's the first thing. The fatted calf was redeemed after birth. You see, when I read about the fatted calf, that means that there was one day in time when that calf was born. In other words, it had a birthday. There can be no doubt it was recorded by the farmer. He probably had a book of births, record the number, record the name. And we're going to call this Colin the calf, all right? I don't know what name he had for the fatted calf, 
Bible doesn't give its name, but I'm going to give it the name Colin the Calf. And you see today, farmers have ear tags, um, like a set of yellow earrings, and it's got a lot of information on it. The calf's mother and father, the calf's gender, alongside the number is the date of birth, even the name of the bull. You see, in Old Testament times, every male calf, well, you could call it a bull calf, but every male bull calf, whenever it was born, it had to be redeemed by blood. Now, that's what the Bible tells us there in the book of Exodus. Thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix, and every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast, the males shall be the Lord. And every male bull calf that was born had to be redeemed by the shedding of blood. Now, that's very important. It's repeated again in the book of Exodus, chapter 34, verses 19 and 20. So you think of a male bull calf being redeemed by the sacrifice of the shed blood of a lamb. And that was a sign that this bull calf, it, because it's the firstborn, belongs to the Lord. Now, children, young people, you have had a birthday. There's been a day when you've been born. And it's a wonderful thing, you know, to be alive. It's a wonderful thing to have the gift of life. People that are very ill in the hospital, they would long to have health and strength and, and, and fullness of life. And God has given you that life. In fact, it's his gift. The very breath that we breathe from day to day, the strength that we enjoy, it's all a gift from him. And you know, on the journey of life, and life is a journey, boys and girls, and it starts on your birthday, the moment you're born, and it starts on your death day. And in between, you got this call from God, and the call is to be redeemed. Now, I like to think that the fatted calf in our story was a male calf. The Bible doesn't actually tell us, but a baby cow, remember, is called a calf. And a male calf is a bull calf. A female calf is a heifer calf. And if it was a male calf, as I suspect it was, then it had to be redeemed. The redemption of the firstborn beast or boy was very important. It was a sign that they belonged to the Lord. There's a lovely hymn in our hymn book, I am redeemed, oh praise the Lord. Could you say that this morning? I am redeemed. And therefore you can give thanks and praise to the Lord. Was there a time in your life when you come to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. Lord, I receive you to be my redeemer and my Lord and master for the rest of my journey on life. You see, this calf, it was redeemed after birth. But I want to tell you something else about the fatted calf. It was reared after birth. Think of the word fatted, right? Now that stands out to me. It doesn't say it was a sickly calf. It doesn't say it was a frisky calf. It doesn't even say it was a sturdy calf. But it says it was the fatted calf. Now remember, a baby cow is a calf. And you could have a male and female. The males are bull calves. The females are heifer calves. It's like mummy having a baby and it's going to be a boy or a girl. There's only two genders 
male and female, boys and girls, men and women. Don't let anybody tell you there's anything different, for there's not. Over there in California, they've got 120, sorry, 147 genders. But there's only two genders according to the Bible, male and female. But, but in um, the, the rearing of calves, you see, there's two systems. There's a suckler system. And the male calves, they remain with the cows. And the mother feeds them until they're weaned. Now, the, for those who were in Tannockmore Gardens yesterday, I wonder, did you notice two big cows and two small cows in the field? For they were there. And those two small cows, they were the calves of those two mummies that were in the field. That's a suckler system. But, but a dairy system is different. You see, the moment a female is born, a female baby calf, it's removed from the mother. And the farmer's responsible then for the feeding of that female calf with the mother's milk. And he has to do it three times using what we call colostrum. And that's important. And the baby calf has to get that colostrum milk four to six hours after its birth. And see, the colostrum's full of antibodies vitamin A and vitamin D. And the calf needs that. If it's going to be strong and sturdy, if it's going to be frisky, if it's going to be able to suck milk, if it's going to be able to run about and skip, if it's going to be able to grow. And you see, that's a big issue for every farmer. Rearing calves is not easy. Now, let me tell you something in relation to calf welfare. See, a calf kind of standing issues. You think of a calf and you look at it. Is it sturdy? Is it frisky? It's its legs strong. You see, it could appear to be happy. It could appear to be merry. But I have known calves to be born, and they have no power in his legs. They can't stand. They can't walk. You, you try to get it to stand up, and, and it just falls down. It should be walking about, you're thinking. It should be standing a few hours after birth by itself. But it can't. There's something wrong. And you see, in the olden days, this is what farmers did. If a calf, baby calf, couldn't stand or walk, the farmer, of course, would be feeding it, if it's a heifer calf, the mummer's milk. But if it's not standing and walking for days, he becomes very concerned. Remember, he's in the business of rearing calves, and he's asking himself, is it going to recover? Or is it going to die? And maybe thinking to himself, well, it's a pity if I have to have the calf put down. I prefer the calf to live. But the calf that's not standing, you've got a problem. So what does he do? He ties its back legs. And he ties its back legs with a rope. I didn't bring a rope with me. I couldn't find one this morning when I went down to the yard. But he ties his back legs with a rope. Now, why does he do that? So when the little calf stands, the legs are not splitting apart. And if you come down to Ferndale sometimes, you will see a cow in particular that has shackles on its back legs. Why? Because it's a habit of doing the splits. And that's very important uh, that, that we, we try to strengthen the back legs to help it to grow strong. Now, you see, when a farmer sees this in a calf, he's thinking to himself, is there any hope of improvement? But I know of one farmer and he waited for days. And he thought, I'm giving up. It's going to die anyway. And lo and behold, he came out one day after long patience, after much labor and expenditure, and the strength came back into its legs because he tied the back legs with rope. 
And you see, there's a lesson for us. If you've been born again and redeemed by the precious blood, we have to learn to walk with God. We have to learn to walk for God. And you see, where do we get our strength from? Well, the answer is, the Lord is the strength of my life. Can you remember that? My strength, my health, I'm totally dependent on the Lord. And we can, of course, stand in those precious promises that the psalmist stood on. And and I say that every day before the Lord. The Lord is the strength of my life. And if you think I haven't strength to go on in whatever situation you face, and you think there's none to help me, poor me, and, and I can't do this and I cannot do that, you remember, the Lord is the strength of my life. He's your shepherd. He's not only your redeemer, he's your shepherd, he's your helper, he's your friend. Let me tell you something else about Colin the calf, because in calf rearing, there can be sucking issues. You see, if you get a newborn calf that will not suck or are struggling to suck, what do you have to do? Well, I'll tell you what the farmer does. He gets this big bottle and he fills it with four liters of colostrum milk and he gets this tube. Oh, I brought the wrong tube. Oh, sorry. Well, there's supposed to be a bigger thing that goes on the end of this here and you fill it with milk and you put this down the throat of the calf and then you um, feed the calf and you have to do that as I've told you three times. But if it keeps on not sucking, then you have got a problem. And you see, you've got to be very careful that you don't choke the calf. Because the colostrum milk could go into its lungs and it could die. But let me tell you something. You see, the calf that doesn't suck, you have got to think it's a telltale sign. You see, it could be a bigger problem. A problem as far as sucking is concerned, could tell you that the calf hasn't got any appetite. It may have sores in its mouth. It may have a form of septicemia. And you see, let me apply the lesson here. If you're alive and being redeemed by the precious blood, you as a child of God will not only walk with God, but you'll have an appetite for the word of God. The word of God's like bread. The word of God's like honey. The word of God is The Bible calls it the milk of the word, and the word of God is described like meat. But if you're a Christian professing to be saved and you have no appetite for the word of God, that's a telltale sign. It's a sign that you're spiritually sick. Remember the psalmist said, oh, how I love thy law. I asked you, do you love your Bible? We have given the children Bibles. Christmas time passed. We've got them Bibles for the Jubilee. But it's not just a little presentation Bible that we want to give you. We want you to read that Bible. And we want you to have a love for the Word of God. Do you know there was a man in the 4th century and his name, young people, was called Augustine. And he was a very sinful man. And he was often drunk. And like the story of the prodigal, he ran about with bad women and did a lot of very bad things. And his mummy was very, very upset. His mummy was called Monica. But his mummy prayed for him every day, morning and night. On one occasion, he was in a place called Milan. And he was drunk and he was lying up against a tree. And he'd he'd got his lunch and he'd took a lot of wine. And he woke up and he heard children saying, take and read, take and read. They were playing a game. And beside him was a Bible. 
And he picked up that copy of the Bible, he opened it up, and he read from Romans chapter 14, sorry, Romans 13, verses 11, right through to 14. And this is what it says. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Take and read. If you have an appetite for the word of God, an ear to hear the scriptures of truth preached and taught, then that's a very good sign of spirituality. Let me tell you something else about rearing calves. You've got breathing issues. You know, if you go into the calf house and you look at the calf and it's coughing, <coughs> and it's, it's, it's breathing in its side, it's heaving in and out, well, you see, that's a sign of pneumonia. And of course, you see, you'll know because if it's not eating, if it doesn't want to get up, if it's got a temperature, if it's a bit limp, if its ears are cold, it's not alert, well, you've got to get the vet. You've got to get antibiotics immediately. And I was thinking of the vet. And I found this wee bottle. And I found this needle. And you see, that's what the vet has to do. He comes with the antibiotics. He, he fills his wee syringe. And he gives it so many uh, mills of maybe 20 or 30 or, or even two or three. Just whatever the vet decides. And, and the farmer's hoping that through antibiotics, then this pneumonia will clear up and the, and the calf will become strong. And how many Christians not only have no appetite for the Word of God, but they have breathing problems when it comes to God. In other words, they never breathe out of prayer. They, they say, I've breathed the, the sinner's prayer and asked the Lord Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. But on that journey, in their, they don't walk with God. They don't have an appetite for the Word of God. And they don't ask God for help. They don't ask God for wisdom. They don't ask God for strength. How many do not talk to God in prayer on a daily basis? They don't in private bow their heads at the end of a day or they don't ever come to a prayer meeting. And that's a very, very sad reflection of where they're at in a spiritual sense. This my son was dead and is alive again. This my son was lost and is found again. You see, true hope is sure and steadfast. And I want to tell you this morning, there's no person that's too bad that can't be redeemed and washed in the precious blood of Christ. Never ever think an individual person is a hopeless case and can never be saved because the Bible says with God all things are possible. So if you have a loved one who's not saved and you think there's a hopeless case, you pray on for them. You, you have faith in God. Remember, he is able to save to the uttermost all that come unto God by him. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. We sometimes say from the guttermost to the uttermost. Whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. It not only represents the hope of the father, the fatted calf. It represents the love of a father. This young son had left home. The father was heartbroken. Can you imagine the disgrace on the father's name? The neighbors coming and saying, well, you know what? If I was you, I would do this and that. I, I would disown him. I, I, would, I would never ever have him back again across the threshold. But the father's heart was full of love for his son. He wasn't bitter. He wasn't completely either at the point of despair. Here's proof. Every day he went into the calf house and looked at Colin the calf. I'm fattening the fatted calf for the day that my son comes back again. 
One day my boy will come home and we'll have a big party. We'll have a celebration. You see, he fed the fatted calf. You don't fatten the calf in one day. Do you know that? Not even in one week. Not even in one month. Maybe not even in a year. It could be one or two years old. And I was looking at the red uh, male calves that were in the field in Tannockmore Gardens and I was thinking, that's probably about the size of the fatted calf that the prodigal son's father was keeping and hoping and loving his son. You see, what is love? Let me tell you, it's the unselfish commitment to someone's welfare. I want to ask this morning, is your son or daughter a prodigal this morning? Is your heart broken? Are they out in the far country? Are are they feeding at the pig trough somewhere? Are they down and out? What do you do? Well, you keep hoping. But you also keep loving. You keep feeding the calf because it's a sign of hope and a sign of love. There's a story told in America about a Hell's Angels gang. And a particular daughter left home. She went with one of the Hell's Angels men. Broke her mother's heart. The father was so distraught, he, he took a heart attack and died, and the mother had to bury him, and the daughter wasn't present at, at the funeral. But you know, that mother hoped. That mother prayed. That mother loved that daughter. Now, the daughter had gone into sexual immorality, drugs, drink, fights, police, so on and so forth. But one day, she got a phone call. And this is what the phone call said. It became a popular song. I just called to tell you all your prayers for me were not in vain. And you can sleep easy tonight, Mama, because I have found Jesus. That young girl in that hell's angel gang met the Lord Jesus Christ. She got saved. And then she phoned home to tell her mummy all the sleepless nights, the weary days, the toll in the body, the impact on daddy. That mother kept praying she didn't give up. And because of the power of love. See, the Bible tells us charity, which is love, beareth all things. Never give up because of the power of love. One final thing. It represents faith. You see, I can hear the neighbors to this father saying, heard from your boy. Do you know what's disgraceful, what he did? I I heard he was seen in some bar. Where did the elder brother get the idea about harlots? Was it from the neighbors? He sure did you wrong, the neighbor would have said to the father. You didn't deserve it. You're a good man. I would have none to do with him. But what did this father do? He put the whole situation into God's hands. Not very promising. The young fellow went from bad to worse. He ended up in the pig pen. But the father was determined that his boy was not going to die in the far country at the pig pen. Why? Because he kept feeding the fatted calf. He had faith that one day the boy would come home. The fatted calf is going to be needed. You see, young people, let me tell you this as we finish. Sin will take you further than you want to go. Sin will cost you more than you want to pay. Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. But father, mother, Have faith, because faith sees the invisible God. Faith knows the unknowable of what God is able to do. Faith believes the impossible. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let me tell you this in closing. A story of a missionary by the name of Moffat who went to Africa. 
For 10 years, nobody got saved. 10 whole years. And into the 11th year, he got a letter. And a letter from somebody in England, and it was this, what do you particularly need as a missionary in Africa? And do you know what he asked for? A communion set. A communion set. Dr. Greenfield knows the story. A communion set. But sure, there's nobody saved. What do you need a communion set for? Well, we have faith in God. And then, into the 11th year, a few people got saved. And glory to God, they were baptized. Because that's what saved people do. They make a profession of faith. And it's open to all their neighbors and family that they've trusted Christ. And then he announced we're having a communion service. And he set the date. And it was a particular Lord's Day that he set the date. And on that Saturday, he received a parcel. And what was in the parcel? You've guessed it. The communion set one day before the service. You see, God honors faith. And the prodigal, I know he can be a type of a sinner, but he'll also be a type of a backslider. And I know that many who profess faith in Christ, their hearts are cold as ice this morning. And, and they, they don't talk about the Lord Jesus. And they don't have an appetite to walk with him or for him or before him. And they don't have an appetite for his word. And they do not pray. And by and large, they don't come to church. And what do we do with prodigal individuals like this? Well, we, well, we have hope in God that they'll be restored. And we, we, we exercise the power of love to win them again to Christ. And we have faith in our God that one day they'll come. What did the father give the boy? He gave him a robe, full rights to sonship. He gave him a ring. Slaves didn't wear rings. He gave him shoes. Slaves didn't wear shoes or servants. This daddy was watching. This daddy was waiting. And he saw, that's my boy. He ran to meet him. The boy had repented. He came to himself, the Bible says. The boy had returned home. He was reconciled to the father, but he was restored. He, did, he said, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. But, but the father didn't. The father restored him to full sonship. And I say this morning, and this Father's Day, as well as Children's Day, I've combined the two into one. Here's the lessons from the fatted calf. It was redeemed after birth. It was reared after birth. Despite the difficulties, it became fat. And also was recognized. That's the fatted calf. That's for my boy. Because I love him. I have hope that he'll return. And I have faith in God to do it. The Lord bless you this morning. Thank you for coming. And thank you for listening.